Born to Beauty, inspired by your wellness, unburdened by life. This is the path to finding the warrior within you. This podcast is for women of every shape, color, and style. It's about finding your inner beauty and finding the strength to battle the outside world around you. Take a break and sip some tea with me, Gwen Osborne, from teen mom to celebrity life and all the necessary trials in between. Join me weekly for real-life motherhood, health, balance, and products you'll adore. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Audible. Welcome back to Tea with Gwen with your host, me, Gwen Osborne. I am so excited to bring you today's episode. It is about two sisters who I love so much from the Emmy award-winning podcast, Root of Evil, Yvette Gentile and Rasha Pecoraro. Remember, you can always learn more about today's topic and tips by looking at the description from whatever app you're using. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Audible. So listen, this documentary-style podcast, Root of Evil, delivers the daunting beginnings of the late Fauna Hodel's life, how her story is connected to one of America's most brutal unsolved murder mysteries, the Black Dahlia. However, Fauna was one of the most beautiful, giving, and gracious humans you could ever meet. But her story to how she became that way was so intriguing that it landed in Patty Jenkins, the director of both Wonder Woman movies, including Wonder Woman 1984, Her Hands. It became a miniseries movie on TNT, I Am The Night, and then into the podcast world, narrated by her two incredible daughters, Yvette and Rasha, here with us today. We are going to find out how they have battled through losing their mother to cancer and continued to spread the love and kindness that she sprinkled to everyone she met. Hi guys! Hi! <laughs> Did I sound uh-huh. professional? <laughs> you guys have to know that these girls are my sisters. Okay, so this is gonna be fun. It's, it's gonna be real. It's gonna be real, right? All the way. All the way. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you. I just want to know. During this pandemic and all that we're going through and all the changes that seem to happen every minute, was there a moment that happened to you that made you want to quit this week? And tell me what got you through because you're here. What made you want to quit? I mean, being in a house, we don't quit. But I'm going to be real. (laughs) I love my wife. I love my child. I love my new adopted doggy. But damn, being in... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, and going from we were traveling nonstop all of Over. 2019 into the beginning of 2020, and then stop, shut down, can't move, can't go nowhere. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, I think you know the daily. I, I I can say this: what gets us through is the daily interaction that we have every day, like Rasha. When she gets up, she's like, good morning. How was, how was your day? You know, and if she doesn't do it first, then I do it. And it's just that light in the morning that somebody is looking out for your well-being. It, it, it keeps you going, you know, because all of us through this pandemic are going crazy on so many different levels. You know, we are fortunate, all of us, you know, to have love and support in our lives, but 
we all need that. We all need someone to like reach out and say, hey, how are you doing? How are you? Are you okay today? <laughs> to care intimately. To care. That's beautiful yeah. to have it with each other. I admire it. You know that. And I always insert myself whether you like it or not. So I... <laughs> And before we get into our show today, we have to talk about one of my products. It's our highlight sponsor today, and it is Lomalique, a luxurious anti-aging facial oil. This is the only facial oil with the secret anti-aging ingredient, Redovash. It helps those stubborn little eye wrinkles and more, but it's best applied on the face right before bed to fully indulge in the rosemary and lavender aroma to allow the regeneration process to absorb. Check out the website, www.lomaleekskin.com, or you can go straight to Amazon and just put in Lomaleek and it'll be right there. And yes, I'm waiting for mine. <laughs> <laughs> Add to cart. I just ordered. Can, Where's mine? No. <laughs> okay, well, you could go find it. <laughs> yes. And I still have my, my bottle because I don't need a whole lot on my face. Yeah, it's amazing. I... Well done. I love it. I love it. I love the smell of it. I love, I love the way that it feels and I put it on at night and I put it on in the morning as well. So well done. Mama. Well done. That people also put it on in the morning as well. I mean, although I recommend at nighttime, is it because of the smell? Do you think that it's because of the scent? So it kind of gives you that lift, like, <sighs> you know, like let's wake up, get going. It's that scent, whatever. I don't know if it's the cranberry you said or I would say that's probably the rosemary that's giving you that little bit of a lift because the lavender is really yeah warm, you know? tangy. So it's that tanginess from the rosemary. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I know that you and your Italian husband, Gino, love cooking Italian food. What has been the best dish that you guys have made during this pandemic? Oh, my God. So many, can I just tell you? <laughs> <laughs> I was just telling Rasha, like, I was a good cook. But I think I'm a great cook now going through this pandemic. It's like, I can cook anything. Mm. But what Gino and I just recently made was uh, pasta carbonara, which is so good. And that's with pancetta. But there's a technique to it. The way you mix the eggs, because you don't want the eggs to be like scrambled eggs. You have to keep it silky. And he has got that down. So that must be my favorite you know, for my Italiano husband. <laughs> you guys also make the pasta. Make the pasta. Do you make the fresh pasta? No, no, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but I do. I do know how to make fresh gnocchi. But no, we don't. We don't have the pasta machine. You need to have the pasta machine to make the pasta. Hey. <laughs> well, you have to get a pasta machine, and then I know. That'll be after the can. The kitchen is renovated. I know. But Gwendolyn <laughs> wouldn't know about that because she's in LA. They don't need carbs in LA. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like carbs. That and Gino because it's like part of their culture. Like I, I know. <laughs> so I saved myself, you know? But yeah. Everything in moderation. Yeah, yeah. And for us, you know, it's like it's it's probably once every two weeks with pasta. So right. yeah. It's a special occasion for you guys too. That's right. Oh, yeah. You and your wife, Vanna, as you mentioned, you have a daughter and a new puppy. Oh, <laughs> always on the go. You're great on your Instagram. Tell us your Instagram so everybody can go look at it. Oh, so my, it's everything, all the things, every single, even TikTok, which I don't know how to use. <laughs> at, yeah, at Rasha Pecorero. 
Rachel Pecorero. Yeah, what for new, all the things. What new dance moves have you learned this week with Vanna? Because you know, I know she likes to do her little salsa. She can move her hips and it's really sad. I've been with her for 12 years and I still do not know how to salsa. And she's from, what? Yeah, I know. It's sad. I just move my hips whenever she like does something. You got Yvette, your sister over here, learning how to make pasta from scratch, right? And you don't even want to move your hips. You better learn. I, I try. I can. I pull up really well. I'm a really and good pull up dancer. Do, you should be able to do that. It's different. It's like, it's, you know what? Yeah. It's, it's sexy. Yeah. I know. And so I got to let that go. You got to let go. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta oh, talk yeah. about the sexiness. Hula's sexy too, though. You, you don't, yeah, and you don't realize like the hula when you're doing the hula, they're always talking about doing the thing, like always. But they say it in a romantic way. They talk about riding a horse, and then you know at midnight, they're not talking about riding a horse. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. So that you said doing the thing, and I was like, what's doing the thing? Yeah, right. the thing? yeah. what is the thing? What? <laughs> And I can talk about anything. I'm an open book as if you follow me on my Instagram, I yeah. am, but yes. I get bashed. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just saying six at least five more times to see you get it. Right. <laughs> oh my God. I just want to start from the beginning because you can appear to look very different, even though you guys are so We're twins. Talk about look the nose. Yeah, it's just the nose. <laughs> You're both born in different places and you have different dads, even though you have the same mom. So can you tell us a little bit about your differences in where you were raised? And if you want to talk about your age difference, you know, that also can play. Yeah. 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 Go into that. So I was born in Reno, Nevada and my father, obviously is (laughs) black. And I lived in Reno, Nevada. To people who are just listening, they don't know that unless they're like, (laughs) 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 my father is, African-American <laughs> and my mother is Caucasian, but I was born in Reno, Nevada. And my mom got pregnant with me when she was 15, had me when she was 16. So I lived in Reno until I was five or six, then moved to San Diego to La Jolla, loved, loved La Jolla as a kid. Like there's, you know, Disneyland, there's SeaWorld, there's everything. But mom was on this mission trying to find her biological parents. So we ended up in Hawaii. So we go to Hawaii. And of course, as a kid, you know, Hawaii is pretty, but it's like there's no Mickey Mouse. There's no SeaWorld. There's there's just the beach. After, you know, many, many years, like I so, so, so grew to love Hawaii and Hawaii is home for me. And it every time I am physically there, get off of a plane like it resonates like from my head to my toe that this is home for me because of the way it smells because of the way it feels. because of the way yes the the aroma as soon as you get off the plane you smell you know the plumerias you smell the sweetness in the air but it's more than just that it's it's the spirit of the land there's such dynamic history there and presence there that so many people when they do go to hawaii they don't want to leave. So you either, you can be one of, you know, two types of people, either when you go, it's too mellow, it's too slow, you got to go, or you're right where you're supposed to be, you know, because of that, that energy. Right. And that's what I, that's what I really learned to love as I got older too. 
because it comes the, the land straight into the people, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's the mana. So the mana yeah. is the spirit of the aloha and then the aina is the land. So like, as you know, not to, to jump ahead, but I was born in Honolulu, Hawaii, 11 years after Yvette. And mom, you know, a little bit of backstory. Of course, I know you know everything, Gwendolyn, but, you know, mom was, you know, born in San Francisco, given up for adoption under false, pre- pre- yeah, pretenses. false pretenses, thinking that she herself was biracial. So she was raised by a black mother and a black father in Reno, Nevada. And like how you look, which is blonde and blue eyed. And you're like, right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that'd be like, if, you know, I think she was, she could pass like for a light skin, like, you know, biracial woman, but she was not white enough and not black enough. So she got it from both sides. Yeah. She wasn't biracial. She was actually. No. Right. And she, but her birth certificate said that she was. And then she, so she believed that she was yeah. until she didn't, until she knew differently. Right. Walking around as a mixed race woman in her mind, like Yvette and I, right. Right. So right. Thinking that she doesn't feel like she's black enough or she's white enough, but really she's white. Right. right. She's really, she's white, but she's acting, not acting, but she feels as if she's black and people, Although, you know, she had people who were like, you're definitely not black. But then there are those people because of the way she spoke, the way that, you know, she styled her hair, she put on suntan oil. So she looked a little bit darker. So, you know, some people thought, okay, you know, she is biracial. She just looks like a, a mixed girl that's passing. Right. That's right. 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 So she had it, you know, but she, because of the racism that she experienced, when she ended up finding her birth mother in Honolulu, Honolulu. Hawaii, she ended up sleeping with the first white guy she'd ever <laughs> slept with <laughs> and got pregnant with me. Mm-hmm. And when she honestly, you know, she was not going to, to keep me. She was going to have an abortion because she had that right. It was her body. Yeah. But she decided, well, that's no, a whole she, other story. Yeah. Like she had a, she had a dream about me the night before she was going to have the abortion. And it was five year old little Rasha screaming, saying, don't kill me. Don't kill me. Mm-hmm. Like, and I am supposed to be here and make yeah. a positive difference in this world. Like, don't do it. Yeah. That's I don't know. I don't think we've ever told you that. Story, I don't but, know that story. Yeah. Yeah. That and mom she didn't go to the appointment because she had an appointment scheduled for right. the abortion. And she had abortions prior well, to right, that and after that. Been. She, you, look at how strong your spirit was, Rasha. Right. I was supposed to be here. Right. So she just, yes. she decided that knowing that I was probably going to come out looking white <laughs> and knowing, you know, that she's like, I want to raise my girls somewhere where race is not an issue and it's a melting pot. And she also fell in love she fell with in, Hawaii. Yeah. She fell in love with the people and the land, you know? And the beauty and also, you know, coming from Reno, Nevada, where it's cold and snow and ice and mom hated to drive. She was like, you know, how she was in L.A. Can you imagine her driving in the snow and in the ice? (laughs) So Hawaii was. Yeah, no. (laughs) So Hawaii just again, like me, for her, it just resonated with with her spirit. And that was where she was to be and raise her children. And And she wanted to connect with the hotel side of the family. family. And that's a whole nother thing that that's why you actually was. 
And that's when she started, she found out she was actually white, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you guys have been on this whole journey of her figuring her whole life story out, basically, right? And you know, it's been interesting to me, and I want people to go back, go listen to Root of Evil, because somebody of such a young age was able to know how compelling her own story was, that she was recording her own voice, right? Yep happening currently with her when she was able to tell people about this story she wanted to get people to hear about her life she had documented her own voice from a teenager right yeah but she knew from the age of eight that she had to tell her story and by that point she didn't even know that she wasn't biracial right but also we have to remember too that her her adopted mother jimmy lee was very adamant in telling her, don't ever change your name. You know, you're, you come from a very wealthy, rich family. So find out who they are. There was an imprint in her mind, right? right. And then, of course, all the trials and tribulations and the, the hardness that she went through growing up. Yeah. She, she, and she, and most importantly, mom was beyond her time. Yeah. She really was beyond her time. She knew that her calling. The way, the way she loved the way she yes yes exactly exactly and that was her purpose i just got goosebumps all over she's she's here (laughs) you know she would never let yvette or i ever say like you know oh yvette's black rasha's white like she raised us to i know it's not pc to say right now but she raised us to not see color in the sense that growing up, she didn't want us ever to judge anyone for being black, for being white, for being straight, for being gay. Like she, she didn't want us to put any, anyone in a box. Yes. You know? She just, she loved people period. And she loved them in all their colors and diversities and shapes and sizes, you know, and, and character. That's how our mother raised us was to see character, mm-hmm. you know, first. But to and like what you were saying, Rasha, and and I understand that you know that your you know your parents want you to see love first before you see right. the color of your sibling more than anything skin. But I do feel that knowing Fauna, that she still wanted you to be educated on the differences of who yes. hundreds you can know exactly yeah. what histories were and that they were different from one another and that you should care about what you have in your history and moving forward what you need absolutely. 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 Yeah. And going back to that, I was actually going to say mom passed before the Black Lives Matter movement blew up. Mm -hmm. And we would have had to have the conversation with mom and be like, mom, you can't, you know, we can't say you don't see color anymore because you've seen the racism on both sides. You know that systemic racism exists. You know, like I just realized looking the way that I look, that I have had white passing privilege. Yeah. And that, you know, and so did mom in certain respects when she got older, you know, yeah. and I know that she would have been being pro Black Lives Matter and standing up for anyone who didn't have a strong enough voice. She'd want yeah. to amplify yeah. as many voices as yeah. she could. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, so the listeners know the connection that we have that, you know, is part of my story as well is that Fauna actually lived yeah. in the very first apartment building when I moved out to L.A., and uh, I met Yvette first and uh, we had so many coincidences, including our birthdays are the same. And then when I told her I was moving to L.A. and that I was going you know, into this new apartment building, I didn't assume that I was going to bump into her while I was there. 
of all the coincidences, you can't also live in the same place I do. This is getting creepy. (laughs) Actually, no, I don't live here, but my mom Fauna does. You know, we became family whether we wanted to or not. And so because I am a teen mother as well, um, I, you know, was pregnant at 17 and I had Monique at 18, uh, Fauna always looked out for me. Honestly, I looked out for her too. You know, it was more, which, you know, goes around to the story of, you know, she was going to work one day and I saw her sitting at the bus stop and I was like, why are you at the bus stop, Fauna? (laughs) And she was like, oh, because, I don't know, one of my girls has my car. (laughs) (laughs) It was probably that <laughs> one of her girls was at work, going to work. Well, why didn't you just come and knock on my door? I would have taken you to work. Don't you know who you are? You know, she told me, I will never forget you saying that to me, Gwendolyn, because that meant so much more than just that moment, you know? And so yeah. I she came in the car and I took her to work. I never forget moments like that with her because her little laugh and how joyful she always was, no matter what the struggle was. You know, you know, she was here today through this pandemic. She would still be giggling and laughing about something and making Oh, yes. 100%. She would be finding joy in every corner through it all, through all of this. And that, well, yeah. I mean, she, it, you know, it was so fantastic when we heard that Patty picked up her story because we all knew that we had been through, you know, a lot of years of watching her get this, you know, her story picked up. And then for it to be picked up by Patty Jenkins, Wonder Woman director, it was like, guys, what? Yeah, Patty Badass Jenkins? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. you know, then it took the turn. And then it took the turn. It was as if, okay, now we pass the baton to the daughters to continue telling her legacy, right? To yeah. continue giving the love. And I told you guys, I was like so excited. I wanted to meet Patty, but I didn't want it to be uncomfortable or rude because, you know, we're there for Fauna. We're there to celebrate the ending of her life and all of what she had accomplished. People call it a funeral, but it was a celebration of her life. And and Patty was going to be there. And I was, I wanted to tell Patty so badly. I had my whole speech of how excited I was that she (laughs) tells Fauna's story, you know, like how much it meant. And I couldn't do it. And before I know, you guys have spoken to her and she was tapping me on the shoulder telling me I should be an Amazon and Wonder Woman. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) Like, this was literally, you know, what? It was about, what, two weeks before she passed away? She passed away like two weeks before her celebration of life? We had it in October. The month before. The month before. Yeah, so about four weeks. So about that month before, she had told me when I saw her that she loved me. It was just me and her. And that I have to remember that moment about knowing who I am. And I feel like she gave me that gift to work in Wonder Woman for me to be reminded of who I am. Right, right. She gave us all that gift, you know? Yeah. The thing about mom is everybody who came in contact with her, she gave that gift. Yeah. Like she was just a light that when you felt less than, she was the one to cheer you on and let you know that, no, you got this. You know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, when she you had know. that conversation with you, mom did, that was two weeks before she passed. Yeah. And she signed the final deal with Patty and with TNT for I Am The Night 11 days before she passed. Wow. And she had everything set up yeah. to go to her girls 
And she knew it was in good hands because she, she prepared us for this our entire lives without us even realizing it because she, the only difference is, and I say this all the time in interviews is the only difference is if mom were alive today, it'd be the three of us doing this with you, you know, because she was always like, it's about me and my girls. And of course, you know, she loves, you know, our spouses and her granddaughter, but it was always the three of us. And she was always like, girls, when are you writing your book? When are you doing this? When are you, you know, like she was always, you know, pushing pushing us, us, you know, our, like I said before, she was our biggest cheerleader, you know, and she was like that for so many, so many people, you know, like what routines and disciplines have you taken on of hers? (laughs) into your life now and as you guys have moved into you know you went and did a podcast how are you taking care of yourselves with your routines what are your you know wellness so every day you know when I wake up I light and then this incense and it's called the six grandfathers and it's to keep away evil spirits basically and every time my mom would get into a car or when my mom would wake up she would always say, I am divinely blessed and protected and my way is made smooth and easy. So every morning without failure, I get up and I light my candle and I say this and I ask it for my family and I ask it for my friends and I ask it for the world on a hold. And I do that every day. And that's what she would have done. Blessed and protected. And my way is made smooth, smooth and, and easy. And that can be shared and anybody can use that to help. Yes. Every yes. How yes. About you, it's funny because when mom was dying from breast cancer, she would never say the words that she was dying. She was positivity on crack. <laughs> And I remember just having all these conversations with her, like towards the end, I'm like, okay, mom, I know you're not going anywhere because you say you're living till you're 99, but what do you want for me if you don't make it? And she'd be like, Rasha, I want you to be more positive than I ever was. And I'm like, oh my God, that's like, no, no, is that possible? (laughs) It's not possible. I'll tell you that right now. But it's so funny because like, I feel like, I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. People are not going to like you, right? You're always going to have, there's going to be always someone who doesn't like you. And I think one of the things that I've heard, you know, when you hear when people talk about you or whatever, I've heard that people don't care for me at times because I'm too positive. Wow. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, huh. I'm like, that's my mom. See, I'll take that. Right. I'll take that. I'm you're like, you okay. That's not my That's like, but I, I know that toxic positivity exists. And like, I, I feel that mom, even though at the time I didn't realize that she wasn't a, like super like positivity on crack. She was an eternal optimist. Yeah. You know, like she yeah. always looked at the glasses half full and like, she'd let you cry it out. But I mean, she was to the point where I'd say like, mom, I have a cold. She'd be like, don't put that out into the universe. <laughs> I'm like, mom, I have a cold. I don't feel well. She's like, if you say it, it's going to come gonna true. And I'm like, oh, I'm not <laughs> but I take that now, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I always want to have that mom's positivity and her optimism, yes. Yes. but then you still don't take no mm, from yeah. nobody at all. Hey, you don't know? take yeah. nobody. We don't like the bullshit. 
No, no I don't want no bullshit. All right. <laughs> we ain't got time for bullshit. <laughs> oh my God. So true. Okay, so physically, you guys are both very active. I know um, Yvette, you've been doing your yoga. And I know, listen, we need to hear a little bit about Rasha and the story that you've gone through with your physical changes and how you maintain that every day. So my whole <laughs> life, I mean, you know, if you Google Rasha Pecorero and Yvette Gentile, you will see all kinds of photos. I was on The Biggest Loser many years ago. So prior to that, I've been obese since I was seven years old, morbidly obese. And I have struggled with my weight my entire life, even going on a reality show to lose weight. I've gone up and down so many times and I finally realized you know, cause I, I decided with the support of my sister and my mom and my wife that I wanted to have weight loss surgery. So I did that. It'll be eight years ago next month. And this is the first time in my life that I've kept off 120 pounds for eight years. Although I gained 20 in the pandemic and then I lost it again, but I think everybody did. <laughs> yes. That's but I, I completely. Yeah. yeah. But I wanted to say something about that too, because, you know, when she, she just posted about that on her Instagram page. And I remember when she reached out to me and she was telling me about this surgery. And for me, cause you know, me back then, like I was like, you know, misfit, you know, like nonstop workout. And I was like, I can't have my sister do surgery when she's got a sister who can help her, you know, lose this weight. Like, why do we, why do we have to go to surgery, Rasha? I don't and it went, and so anyhow, she goes, well, go in the system, you know, and act like you're me and read all about it. And I did, but it finally clicked to me that this is not about me. This is about her. This is what she needs to do for her yeah. to make her world better. You know, not, it's not about me. Right. <laughs> and it was the best. And I had so much respect for, for her making that decision for her life. We researched it for a good year. Like. I didn't just jump into it. And I think anyone who has struggled with weight has considered some type of surgery or thought about it or, you know, cause I did every diet you can think of. Especially, and I mean, I even went on yeah. reality TV and lost 70 pounds and married a dude before I realized I was a lesbian. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I did all the things, but for me, I think the reason I've had success because not a lot of people can keep the weight off after having weight loss surgery. Right is I realized it's just a tool, you know? So I did, I had my sister, I had a personal trainer. I had, you know, like, I know that it's a gift that I was given, you know, a medical gift. And so I have to see my bariatric surgeon every year. I have to get my blood work done, all the things, but it, it was the best decision for me and right. my body. But, but so how do you maintain that physically then through in your life? Do you do workouts every other day? How, how does that look for you? I wish that I did, but to be honest, I mean, 2020 has kicked my ass as been for everyone, but I, at least if I know that I'm not working out, like I haven't drank alcohol in eight months. Like, so for me, that's, calories, right. That I, cause during the pandemic, I'd be drinking and then maybe I'd go jump on. I know you just joined the Peloton. <laughs> I'd get on the Peloton bike, which I am trying to love. Um, which but I have probably written it more than you. I know. <laughs> she has her own account when she comes to visit me in Portland, but I, I just move. So I like, you know, I'm, I'm walking. Yeah. yeah. And I, you eat well. You I do. Eat, like you eat 
Yeah. Yeah. But I still, you manage it by diet. You manage it by monitoring your diet for me. And, and to be honest, like, and I know both of you are going to get mad at me for this and I don't want other people to do it, but I weigh myself every morning and every night Mm. for me. I do that because I want to know like, okay, I had three malasadas today you know, so, or whatever, like, I'm not going to get mad at you though, no, but I know it's unhealthy. Like I yeah. know it's unhealthy. <laughs> I know it is. That would drive me crazy. I America. I know it's Listen, unhealthy. Whatever works. Yeah. If that right. works. Exactly. Then that's yeah. great. I don't, I went to the doctors today for a checkup and I was like, do not tell me what that <laughs> is. Yeah, I don't want to know because <laughs> I can't handle that. I would rather get on my Peloton or be here with my weights and do my right, shit. Right, right, right. I'm sorry. Me so, too. I'm like, when they ask, when I go to the doctor, I'm like, can I take my shoes off? Can I take my pants off? Can I take my jacket off? <laughs> I almost stripped it. I was mad yesterday. It said I was 175 at the doctor's office. I'm like, I was 170 naked this morning. I'm like, oh, no, no. I'm like, and my the physician's assistant, he's like, Rasha, it's fine. I, I will minus five pounds for all the clothes and your boots. I'm like, okay. I'm like, you do that. Tributing factors into the weight. And yeah, I know. Why it changes that to me, I'm just like, that's not right. I'm like, if I can't yeah. my clothes, we got a problem. I, right. I, know. <laughs> I know. And I should, I have to tell people too, again, because I'm so obsessive about weighing myself because, and the only reason I'm here is because I'm fully vaccinated, but I gained weight when I took my Moderna vaccine. And I'm like, I, but I think it's because Yvette was like, drink water drink water. Oh, yeah, so I was drinking right. so, so much, much water. water and that's water weight too. You know, like, yeah, yeah. <sighs> it's yeah. like, we all have our stuff. We're yes, all evolving. We One day I'm not going to weigh myself every day. <laughs> I'm going to try not. To. But, but you know what, if that works for you, if that works for her to keep her motivated, you yeah. know, to stay at a target goal. then that's Yeah. Well with it. So it's right. you. Right. Yeah. And I use a calorie app too. But I don't, I don't, I only do that just to see like how many calories did I eat today? But I don't, I don't pay Like I stop logging at like five or six o'clock. Like I'm like not going to put every morsel in there. I just want to have an idea. Which is good yeah. to have because once you kind of know, you're like, oh, okay, I know a chicken breast is however many calories and you, right. and you can kind of go off of that. I, I have done Weight Watchers. I did Weight Watchers after having Malloy. So oh I- yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I gained 65. So, yeah, but look at how big and beautiful your boy is now. It's worth it. No. One at 12 years old. So I think it's helpful to know about just the idea of what your calories are that your intake is, just because we all need to monitor what's going on. So if you have an idea, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Go into your beauty. I want to talk about, you know, what is your favorite product which each of you have? And it could be. It could be like a, a facial care product or it could be a, a lipstick or a, something like that. So what is it? Well, right now, I mean, obviously I love my Loma Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did um, that commercial already. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. But I, I love the Tatcha products, the Japanese products, because they're water-based. And yeah. right now, like for me, the daily moisturizer, I love, love, love. Like I'm hooked on that. I also have JLo's, <laughs> her, her moisturizer and her serum, which I do love as well. But I, I tend to do that at night because it's a, it's a thicker cream. 
And she has an amazing face rinse, which Rasha just brought oh, to me, yeah. which face I wash. really, really love. The thing about beauty and hair products, they change all the time mm-hmm. because we're always looking for the newest, best product, right? There's also Murad, which I love, like for when I break out on my chin. So, and it's an acne facial wash. So I use that like probably daily and it just calms down. Acid in it? Yes, it does. It does. But it's mild and it doesn't dry out your skin. So yeah, you know, going through menopause, (laughs) you know, your face does some weird stuff. So luckily, knock on wood, I've been okay. But between all of those, like, I feel like my skin is, is doing well. It is. It looks great. I was going to say JLo. I, I'm obsessed with all of JLo's products right now. And Yvette gifted that to me for my birthday and for Christmas. So I got all the things. And they even <laughs> sent me an extra face wash. So that's why I, sent, I, it, that. I sent it to Yvette before I came. But I, I have to say my one thing and it changed my life. And I did it because most of the beauty things I do is because my sister suggested it first. But my lashes. Like my lash lady, so funny. I, I don't do mine anymore. I know I go to her girl because she, you know, because she was coming to Portland so it's often. amazing, amazing, Rachel. Yeah. I love you. But she was Yvette was getting her lashes done when she was helping. You know, when we were taking care of mom through breast cancer. I didn't start my lashes till I think it was actually right before we went on set of I Am the Night, and I haven't stopped. And mm-hmm. it's for me. You know, of course, I have makeup on and I'll, I'll, I'll pretty it up for you right now, Gwendolyn. But normally I just wake up and I'm like, oh, I got my lashes. I'm good. Yes. It just makes you feel awake and alive. I understand. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to go through a little Wendy lightning round so you can just answer real quick these okay. four or five questions. Okay. What is your favorite emoji? Mine is sentimental. Mine are the double pink hearts because my mom always signed her emails ending in those those hearts. So whenever you see those double hearts, that's why. Because it's mama. And I like the poop emoji because it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I use it all the time. (laughs) Oh, okay. Secret indulgence. (laughs) Oh my God. Secret indulgence. There's so many. She's like, ooh, do tell, do tell. Mine actually is kind of simple. It's it's cookbooks. Really? I I have an obsession, especially during this pandemic. I have ordered, Gwendolyn, I I like, I don't know, maybe 20 cookbooks. And she sends them to me too. And I I sit there and I read, like, I read the story, I read the recipes, and then I mark, like, you know, I put my little stickers in there. But I can sit there for, like, hours in and like take in recipes. Wow. Well, I'm going to recommend Katie Chin because I know okay. Instagram. she just dropped a book and we just did a dinner party with her on Zoom and she's amazing. She has an amazing story too about her mom too. So you guys have a lot in common and the lady is incredible with teaching you how to cook and you can do like a Zoom party with her too. So. Oh, I, okay. Yes. Know that. Do share. Do share. Yeah. yeah. Rasha, what's your uh, intelligence? Honestly, and this happened because of the pandemic, I started 
Supergirl on Netflix, right? So, and then I went down the DC like <laughs> rabbit hole. And then I, so every DC show and CW show, so Arrow, Black Lightning, you know, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, like, and I'm not just saying that because we're friends with Patty and we love Warner Brothers. And <laughs> but I love, <laughs> no, but I'm obsessed. The Flash, oh my God. Like, I'm like so excited that they're all back right now. That's Vanna and I, that's what we've been doing together, you know, like so watching were, all the shows. Which was the, what is your favorite binge show? So you've already told me. Um, yeah. No, I mean, there's so Bridget much Ten, more. Bridgerton, Bridgerton. <laughs> Gino and I, Gino and I binged watched it for New Year's in Tahoe. And he loves that stuff. I can't. The lesbians aren't into it. it. Oh my God. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched it yet. What is wrong with you? I'm gay. (laughs) It is incredible. Okay. Yeah. You have to watch it. I like Shonda Rhimes, so I'm sure whatever she does is great. I know you are. Are there any gay characters in Bridgerton? Yes. Yes, there is. Yes. Guy or girl? It's a girl. Oh my God. Is it a girl? Is it a guy? You're putting us on the See, spot. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, there's there not is. enough lesbian romance in the world. A guy, I'm a lesbian girl, but I think but okay. there's with the girl, but yeah. Because see, that's why I really they love are. all the. They are, Yvette, the, 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 the aunt. Remind me. The aunt. The aunt. Oh, right. That's right. Yes. Okay. All right. I'll yes. watch it. You have to watch yes. it. Because all so this- many, I have so many shows. <laughs> Because we binge watch so yeah. many different things. Because all the CW shows, they all have gay undertones. And I think it's because um, Greg Berlanti, he's one of the creators of all the CW shows, is gay as well. So, like, they, I just love it. I just, it's amazing. Yeah. I, oh, I love it. Well, you'll love this, that show. I like straight people, too. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> straight people. Thank you, Russia. Thank you, right? Okay, so I'm going to create a challenge for our listeners, and you guys are going to give it, and it is, what is the go-to stress technique for everybody to try this week? Mm. Can you tell her sisters? I would have to say two things. I already said it earlier. So if everybody, once they get up in the morning, and they can do this while they're sitting and meditating, just take, you know, a couple minutes and say, I am divinely blessed and protected. My way is made smooth and easy. Just take that moment in your, you know, in your bedroom, in your home, on the floor, go to the ocean, say it, you know, me and you both know I'm all about the moments and taking that in fully 100% being present. So that would be mine. (laughs) And I would say just to belly laugh, like laugh at something (laughs) just like, silly or like put on an old episode of friends that you've seen a thousand times just to laugh. Like that's the one thing, like every night Vanna puts on friends before we're falling asleep. And she's still every single episode, like I'll wake up at like 1230 in the morning and she's like belly laughing. I'm like, are you kidding? I'm like, Ross just went into the tanning booth. You've seen this 20 million times. Why are you waking me up? But like her laugh and her joy is so just infectious. Yes, yes. I have another one. Like for you and I, I got a quick one though. Call your friends and reminisce about certain times and you will crack up like how you and I can do and start talking about something that's happened and you just sort of like, oh my God. Yes. That laughter. That's good for the belly laughs. 
Well, yes. I forgot to sing for you guys. So oh! Oh! I'm gonna have my tea. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. You're here. I'm pleased now. Your company. Your style, your smile, your peace mentality. Aww. Aww. I feel like I have it memorized now because I like, I listen every time you do tea with Gwen. <laughs> I came up with the, it came from a tinybuddha.com because it just made me think it was perfect fit for you guys. My little quote here, to be kind is more important than to be right. Many mm. times what people need is not a brilliant mind that speaks, but a special heart that listens. Oh, love you. <laughs> love you so much. Yes. Love you. I just want to thank you all for joining us today on Tea with Gwen. I am your host, Gwen Osborne. Remember, you can always learn more about this podcast and what we talk about by visiting the description notes of whatever you're listening to today. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Audible. <laughs> if you've enjoyed today's show, please leave me a review. It helps more people like you find our podcast. We will chat next time. Bye. Bye, Ben Rasha. Thank you for joining us today on Tea with Gwen. I'm your host, Gwen Osborne. Remember, you can always learn more about this podcast and what we talk about by visiting the description notes of whatever you're listening to today. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Audible. And if you've enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review. It helps more people like you find our podcast. We'll chat next time. Bye.